driving home from the football game, I was like, hmm, maybe screaming for three and a half hours was not the best thing to do when I'm about to go <laughs> talk into a microphone for two hours the next day. Yeah. My voice is held up okay. You sound fine. I was a little worried. We were coming home and the boys were asleep, so I was making Catherine listen to REO Speedwagon. And... uh trying to sing along to can't fight this feeling and my boy my little crocky <laughs> couldn't quite hit those high notes like i usually can well neither can ario speedwagon so <laughs> actually that that fucking bullshit dude i saw them not too long ago and he can still hit his notes yeah. really yes well that's okay he is I not take it back he is not lost i went dude. for the cheap joke but i'll take it back if he can hit kevin the note, heard he can still hit his notes did I tell you about going to see Tony Bennett? No. Oh, yes, you did. With Lady Gaga? Yeah. That he did I tell not, you about that? He cannot this? sing anymore? No. <laughs> we went and saw... My parents came to town. They wanted to, We went and saw Tony Bennett at the Hollywood Bowl. And he's 90 years old. Yep. Yeah. Like, literally. Yeah, he's yeah, 90 yeah. years he old. He is, yeah. I just saw the Gaga documentary. And uh, he can't hit the high notes anymore. That's what made me think about it. Does he still about. try to hit them? Yeah. Ugh. And it makes for an uncomfortable listening experience. That's unfortunate. Because like at least if you can't hit him anymore, just either don't do those. Well, songs it's like anymore, he's or, you know he's singing and the orchestra is building up, and you know it's getting to the climax of the song, right? It's getting to yeah, 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 yeah. the end, and you know there's a high note at the end of that song because you've heard a song that song sure. a million times, and you're just waiting. It's like clenching your fists and you know like oh what's gonna happen what's gonna happen it's tony gonna hit the note and he doesn't and then you're like oh, that was just, that was a little disappointing that's not what you want to do as an artist no it was too bad oh well it was still fun. i mean it was fun he's just, well, lady you know, gaga you got like i mean he was for 90 years but old he's still he's 90 years old still that's, getting it done yeah welcome ladies and gentlemen this is Warped, the unnecessary Star Trek podcast where we do unasked for audio commentaries recaps Star things. Trek episodes. <laughs> uh, today we are watching what is on Netflix, season one, episode 11, The Carbomite Maneuver. So grab yourself a drink. Corbo, Corbomite. Corbomite, is that how it's pronounced? Yeah. Corbomite. I don't know what you said, but Did I, I say Carbomite. Yeah, you might have. Corbomite Maneuver. Uh, we've got 50 minutes and 28 seconds on the clock, and I'll be... Pr- yourself? You didn't oh, do that sorry. Part. I am Sean Mason. And I'm Matt Bibb. Uh, but we're about to start the episode, and I'm going to press play in three, two, one, play. He just smiled and handed me a Carbamite sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> How long have you been oh, holding Jamie that? has been holding that. How long have you had that in your pocket? Honestly, only like 15 seconds. Really? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You didn't come in here with that? No, I honestly didn't. Wow. <laughs> then kudos to That's you. That's pretty... Okay. <laughs> so... Here uh, we've got. This looks. This looks like an old. This one. is the second episode ever filmed. Is it really? Yes. Or, Man, I got good eyes. Yes, look at that. after the pilot. This right? was the second one filmed. The after outfits the pilot. don't look right. Yep. They they got it a little bit more to the like so Spock's back in the blue, so they went. Yeah, to but that the collars to, all weird. Right, but they went to him in the blue immediately because this is you know the, he wasn't in blue in the pilot. Yeah, Uhura is in the wrong color. We've, yes. This is the first filmed episode with Uhura. 
Oh, this and is her you, first episode? Yeah, and Human Rand. And, oh, that's right. And Bones. This was the first one they actually filmed. With them. With them. With those three. Yeah. And and Yeoman and it's weird because the Yeoman Rand scene, yeah. she comes into the office and it's like her and Kirk have never met. Right, right, right. It's and like, when yes. you think about what has happened between the two of them in previous episodes you've already watched, it's got to be really yeah, confusing. Yeah, the dialogue of that scene is to, like, isn't it strange that I have a female A female yeoman? Yeoman. Yeah, I can't yeah. believe they gave me a female yeoman. <laughs> like... <laughs> I feel like people just didn't care about shit like that back then. You would never get away with that now. No. People would tear that shit apart. I mean, obviously, these days in television, you have a lot less purely episode uh, where it's just one off episodes. It, it, the, the entire like idea of arguing about how the teleporters worked like that, <laughs> that, that wouldn't have been done back then. But nobody I guess it just seems like nobody would think to go. Wait a minute. Why are they acting like they just met? He like sexually assaulted her three weeks ago. Right. Right. Well, that's what I mean. Like, but just, people, just, people didn't just didn't care, care or or notice nowadays. Also, because you couldn't watch an episode again. Like you watched it once and it was gone. Sure. So sure. So the idea that you would remember things that had happened three or four weeks ago, you might not remember what happened. But three or four even weeks still. Ago. I don't watch episodes of television. You would probably remember that those characters had met. Obviously, I watch them recorded, but I don't watch them more than once. Yeah, and you still—they still require you to remember stuff (laughs) these days. Like Uh, it's not a complete dagger of the mind. No, every episode you're just completely starting over from scratch. We're at the opening credits, so we're watching what on IMDb calls season one, episode ten, the Corbomite maneuver. Original air date, November 10th, 1966. After the Enterprise is forced to destroy a dangerous marker buoy, a gigantic alien ship arrives to capture and condemn the crew as trespassers. Mm-mm. And this one got an 8.2 out of 10 oh, okay. on the IMDb Roy, which That's I believe high is rating. the highest rated show we've watched so far. This is technically the second episode with uh, Ted Cassidy in it. As the the voice. Oh, he was is the. He? he is the voiceover of. Oh, the, he's the voice of Barack. The Balak puppet. Balak puppet. Yeah. Oh, he doesn't get. Credit so the Enterprise is confronted by a Rubik's cube. Yes, yes, the floating Rubik's cube. Yeah, it's finished at least. Yeah, somebody finished it before <laughs> launching it into space. Right, right. <laughs> yes. so. It's not an undone cube. You wouldn't feel... Who would be crazy oh, enough wait, to wait, say... Oh, oh, oh. Oh. Naked Kirk. Uh, so naked Kirk. Have a drink. His first scene. We drink when Kirk is inexplicably <laughs> naked. Well, it's not inexplicable. He's working out. He doesn't have to have his shirt off. Come on. <laughs> I've seen people on that thing with their shirts on before. He made Charlie X go through that. So this is the episode where I believe that at some point in time, Bones' shirt in the middle of a scene changes. There's old pal oh, Screeny. Screeny. Screeny is Screeny our says favorite, everything's good. Our favorite and most consistent character in the series. <laughs> yes, Screeny the, is never wrong. The He's med- always, yes. <laughs> Screeny the medical readout screen. Just he brings it every time. <laughs> uh, so, I'm so worked so out. So worked out. <laughs> it's just like... <laughs> So I'm swole, Bones. This is also swole. aside from being the one of the it's the second episode shot it, and obviously, what we've now said tenth episode is this the ninth episode. <laughs> Spock's show? like, put a shirt on, Captain. Yeah, we need you up on the bridge. The tenth episode that aired. Yeah, uh, it's also it's the first uh, to use a 
uh, douchey uh, television term, a bottle episode. Mm. Oh, because yeah. they well, it, all every episode of Star Trek is a bottle episode. This is a this is a true bottle episode. Yeah, but they that, just, even when they go to a planet, it's the same fucking planet from the other but, ones. But a true bottle episode takes place in real time. Mm. All right, and this is the first episode that. Oh, what did he just say? He just said something like, "What am I, a doctor?" Yeah, or, that's uh, it. That was I was talking about that. That there's a point where he says about not being uh, so and so. Oh well, that was the first one of those sort of. He doesn't go the the the. Pure, do the I'm a doctor, not a die. But it's sort of the the. Uh, you know, I actually played it back three times when I was watching it the other night, and I like was just trying to figure. I should have turned the like the subtitles on, but it was like it was like I'm a doctor, not a shuttle. Yeah, shuttle engineer, or shuttle something. flight attendant, or something. Something like that. <laughs> Put your shirt on, Captain. And I, and I, I think this is also the first episode where they. They uh, don't go well. Maybe not. They they're not. They never actually go to a planet, right? And I'm trying to think if there's other. Epi- I guess Charlie X. They never really go to a planet, right? They're right. at a space station where they get him. So maybe it's not okay. But this guy is the guest star of the episode. Yeah, the, <laughs> the Mr. Helmsman. Helmsman, Nick falls apart. Who who's who's young and Bones feels like he's been given the job too early. Is he racist? Is he one of those I hate Vulcan he, types? No, no, no. He has nothing against. He's just very nervous about interacting with aliens in general. Oh, okay. The actor's name is Anthony D. Because wasn't there an episode of that like this? Wasn't there an episode of that that was like that where somebody didn't want to take orders from Spock because he was a filthy Vulcan? That. I believe comes in the episode where uh, I know there's a next generation episode with that plot. Well, data's in command of the ship and and there's a there's a guy who won't take orders from a filthy robot. Well, there's an episode where when they encounter the uh, Romulans. For the first time, uh huh, and oh right, they've never and they look exactly like Spock. And, and they've never seen this is the yeah. first time anyone's seen and he's a Romulan. Super racist about and they're like, whoa, they're like Vulcans Spock's a filthy a Romulan. Romulan, yeah, and, and so nobody's. And there's one character that specifically does it, but it's sort of over prevailing over the the ship in general. Uh huh. The people are sort of freaked out about Spock now. Right they now, they don't trust Romulan. Spock anymore. Scotty's back. He wasn't in the last episode, I don't think. For, you know, a supposedly advanced, you know, civilization, there's a lot of just casual racism. Well, yes. There's a speciesism, I suppose it is. Just because he looks like a Romulan, he must be like an untrustworthy traitor to the Federation. Yeah, their whole goal is to seek out new civilizations and alien life, but... And then, um, imme- and then immediately... But when we do, we immediately <laughs> jump to conclusions about them. Immediately judge them <laughs> from the eyes of their own people. We like to meet people, judge them, and then move on to the next. <laughs> yes. We don't. We have a limited amount of time out here, people. Yeah, so I, I, I said that I would do it, and I did, and I don't know if either... I know you didn't watch, but I watched The Orville... Oh, oh yeah, okay. Did you watch, watch it? it you didn't watch it. So this, I said I would review it. I review it. Okay, let's hear. If it. you like Star Trek, well, I do and like Star Trek. you like Seth MacFarlane, oh, well, that's where like we fall. You will like the show. Yeah, if you don't like breaker. either one of those things, then I would not recommend the show. Number one was a yes, but number two is it hard is no. Pure Star Trek. <laughs> 
across the board. It's I don't not, like Seth MacFarlane. And, and if you don't like, but if you, and I don't, if you like, don't his like face, then you will not like this show. I don't like his voice. I, I'm not going to recommend it to anybody who doesn't like those two things. So it's not super jokey throughout. It's not. Okay. The humor comes aboard just like humor would come in any Star Trek episode. All right. The jokes that are made are Seth MacFarlane jokes. Mm. They are jokes along the lines of, and this is actually a pretty common thing in high, the Miller, Lord Miller does this a lot too. In their, in their stuff where you have ordinary people thrust into extraordinary circumstances, but then reacting to those circumstances as ordinary people, not as like, Heroes, Perfect Starfleet hero yeah. type. Yeah. They respond to things in very ordinary ways. Yeah. But that's where the humor comes from. But the first two episodes were fine, mostly expository. They wanted to deal with the relationship between him and the, you know, the whole thing is that his second in command is his ex-wife. Yeah. Who cheated on him. That's why they split up. Oh, okay. So he likes to cast hot women as his love interest because he's got... Charlie Theron's in that Western sure. movie with him, right? Yes. And now he's got the girl from yes, Adrian Saturday, uh, Friday, Friday Night, Night Lights yes. and Agents yes. of S.H.I.E.L.D. She's a good-looking lady. Absolutely. On my list, as I stated before. Oh, yeah, we talked about this yes. once before, didn't we? Yeah. So, but the third episode was the most Star Trek episode. I read about this, I think. This is like about trans... It was like about transgender... Yes, yeah. yes. It was a it was a classic moral dilemma. Moral dilemma. Pure and simple. Mm. It was great, though. He did a great job with it. It was uh, all... There's a one of his officers is from an all-male race. Mm -hmm. He has a partner on the ship, and they have a baby. <laughs> and the baby is born a girl. Huh. Which happens very rarely, but it happens. But every time it happens, the race's immediate response is to give it gender assignment surgery and turn it into a boy. Ah. Because being born a girl is considered a mutation uh. in their society. Hmm. That so you would fix it like you would fix any mutation. Right. So the whole thing becomes if you have a baby on Earth born with a cleft palate. You fix it. You fix it. And you don't think about the thoughts of the child. You right. fix it. That's what we think about it. And that was the sort of moral... So that was the dilemma. Yeah. Some people on the ship didn't want him to do that. No well, one on the ship. The doctor wouldn't do it. The doctor, by the way, is played by... Uh, uh, Perry J Penny Johnson, mm. who was... From, uh, from next, uh, Deep Space. Deep Space Nine. Yeah. She was Cisco's... Wife. Cassidy Yates. Yes, you got it. I've just been I've just been wrapping up a rewatch. She she plays the doctor on the ship, and she wouldn't do it. The captain wouldn't make her do it because to them, the moral equivalency. It was interesting because they kept making sort of moral equivalency. So the first one was the whole idea of a cleft palate, mm -hmm. which you sort of don't feel like there's a moral equivalency between fixing a cleft palate and changing a, a child's gender right yeah okay. but then the the other string they use is what if their plan was they killed every female child right that was born you, you wouldn't would, like that you either. would stop that right mm -hmm. 
but I don't feel like those are really moral equivalents, equivalents now. Either. Yeah, I'm still not going to watch it. I, I, uh, no. I don't like Seth MacFarlane. Like I said, if you don't like Seth MacFarlane, do not watch it. But you have to admit that that storyline is very... Star Trek, yeah. And it is above average Star Trek. And I will say this to anybody who says it's a Star Trek ripoff. Anything done after Gene Roddenberry died, even if it has the Star Trek name on it, is a Star Trek ripoff. Yeah. Because if he didn't have anything to do with it, you are ripping him off. Okay, I'm not sure I'll go that far, but whatever. Brandon Braga is one of the producers of it. So he clearly had somebody come on who has dealt with Star Trek. Who had worked on Star Trek before. Yes. Is he a a well-versed <laughs> Star Trek? One of the... <laughs> Kirk and Spock just had one of those we're secretly in love moments that they have every once in a while. Kirk just said that Spock gives him emotional security. <laughs> <laughs> well, he does. So, anyways, that was my review of the Orville. Nice. Um, so, just to sort of get back to the episode. <laughs> what is happening in this episode? So there's this large cube. They blew up But the they blew up the cube. And now they've shorted out the... Sh- the so the, the ship's sort of going through repairs. But now he was not happy with the response time to the problem. Oh, uh, he's making them drill. So he's drilling them. They're, yeah. they're drilling right now. Uh-huh. And then soon the drill's going to turn into uh, a right. problem. We'll get back into the Because they don't know what the Rubik's Cube was. Yeah, they just, there was a Rubik's Cube. We didn't, didn't talk to them. They had they, to shoot it, though, because it was irradiated. irradiated yes, it was ship. getting too close to them, and it was radiating the ship beyond their capabilities. Uh, so this Navigator character who's too green to be doing this job is going to end up dead at the end of this episode? He is not, no. actually. Oh, okay. yeah, something else happens. It's another thing that happens with Star Trek characters when they go away. They don't always does, die. Does he transcend into some new well, he form He just of joins the, the alien. Uh, he stays with them so that he can talk to them about, he can learn about their race, and the ra- their race can learn about humans. Yeah, yeah. He's gonna be the, <laughs> he stays as the least qualified person they could possibly think. <laughs> Look at those so. little uh, yes. aperitif glasses. Yeah, they always drink out of, of those little sh- weird <laughs> snifters that the... Like baby baby shot glasses. Strictly for schnapps. Yeah. So Kirk, after Kirk, having like... McCoy only drinks peppermint schnapps. <laughs> with, after they de- can't smell it on your breath, Jim. The patients just think I had... I brushed my teeth. <laughs> after dealing with this thing that almost destroyed their ship, Kirk just went to go have a drink. That's his response. Yeah. Oh, here we go. So there's Yeoman. So Yeoman's bringing him his dinner. And it's not gelatinous cubes of varying colors. It's a salad, right? It's a salad. It's a salad. Because Bones has changed his His dietary plan because of his his physical. dietary salad. Because you got fat, Jim. You got fat, Jim. You're fat, Jim. And that's why we're watching her do something she'll probably never, ever do in the series again. Dietary salad. Not just salad. Dietary dietary salad. salad. So what is in the gelatinous cubes that's so fattening? If it's just, you would think that if they've 
transformed food into gelatinous cubes <laughs> that it would just be like flavored nutrients. Yeah. That was like all the nutrients you would, would need. Be, and that would be specifically designed. How could you ever gain weight in right. this society? I hear the red ones are concentrated tacos. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why people come back from war. Kirk looked at that salad like he had never seen one before. <laughs> He's like, what the hell? He was like, what the hell is what this? What are these? Where are my gelatinous cubes? Where are my cubes, woman? <laughs> what kind of uh, bullshit is this? <laughs> this is fern gully bullshit. So where do you rank this guy on the hotness chart? The, the navigator yeah. guy? Uh, I mean, look, he's clearly not hotter than Kirk, no. but he's on the, the hotter scale. He's not some old guy. He's not hideous looking. He's not he's not the guy with the sweaty brow from the last episode right. who was the guest star on the ship. Is he more handsome than Takei? Uh no. No. Yeah, I don't think so. He's dapper. He's too dapper. Plus he's he completely Takei had takes, style. Plus yeah. he t- completely takes control in this. Oh, episode. yeah, yeah, yeah. This guy falls apart yeah. and Sulu has to take over. So he just wants to blast everything. That's your answer to everything. Just blast, blast, blast. And, and Kirk's like, no, man, we're not here to just destroy shit in space. We need to contact them. I really want to see what this Original. giant bubble <laughs> planet is all about. I want to see what, the- what it originally looked like. I could almost believe that one because it looks like a 1960s like chandelier piece above the dining, <laughs> dining right. table, but I don't think it looked that good. Oh, you want to see the un the unimproved yeah. episodes? What it was? Yeah, you figure they probably have punched that up a bit in this one. Huh? Oh, for sure. Yeah. That, that for that, sure did what, not look like that. What, that. what it looks like now versus what it looked like I, then? No, no, no. Like that is a, some CGI. A, a lot of effort you could tell was put into making it look remotely possible. Like, yeah. it, like the style would have come of the era, but no. They improved, they tried to improve it while still keeping it like in the 60s yeah. vibe. Yeah, sure. yeah, though, you're totally right that that was like the lamp of a chandelier in somebody's house. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of disco. They had like one light bulb in the middle of it that sort of shined through all of these prism glass that was surrounded by it. This is Star Trek invented disco confirmed. <laughs> Ah, so I don't know if the voices started talking to him yet, but uh, no, no, we see just, we see just, the puppet. No, they're just oh, now he's blindly. Dead, dead. now it's talking to him. The puppet hasn't shown. Yeah, I mean, and it's like when they show the puppet, it's clearly a puppet. <sighs> Why nobody looking at that on the screen was like that can't be a real thing. Yeah, it's like then they're being super like uh, sensitive and non-judgmental. I was like. Okay, he looks very rigid and non-real, but we're not gonna we're not gonna judge now. Like, yeah, yeah, it's he, like come on. He, he just looks like a fabricated creature. So this is the Wizard of Oz, basically. It is right? very yes. Don't look at the this person the, behind. This yes. is the yes, the phony front man and the non-threatening yes, reality. That is exactly what is going to happen. Well, but, I mean, he really is. Capable of destroying them. Oh, yes. Like, I mean, the, the, but... The threat is real. The threat is real. Right. How he presents himself the is to make them right. believe... The threatener is That if the, th- if the person who... If you saw the real person threatening, you wouldn't be as threatened. Right. Uh-huh. You'd be like, that little Howard boy yes, isn't going to do anything. Uh, we could get into that baby Clint Howard is eventually who it is. Well, not baby. He's probably... 
I don't know. He walks in it, so he can't be that young. <laughs> but he does his. He wasn't a. He wasn't a baby. No, he wasn't a baby. He had already made his guest spots on Andy Griffith by now. So. That's he's got to have been. Yeah, yeah. He, they, you know, he's he's uh, since his brother has taken over uh, the new Star, Star Wars. Wars. He's in it now. Ugh. Yeah, that's. And everyone is saying. I heard someone talking about they. They want, I guess he has he has a line in this about oh, we'll get to it. The, the he gives him a drink and he says this whatever it's called is like nectar to me or something like that. Mm-hmm. That's his line. Uh-huh. And everyone's like he they should have him working as a a, a bartender in some intergalactic bar and have him serve that and say that line sort of mold the Star Wars and Star Trek universes together? Clint Howard was seven in 1966. So That works. He looks younger than seven. I mean, obviously he's bald, which I doubt he was bald at seven, but... (laughs) You'd certainly hope not. (laughs) I mean, Clint Howard was always weird looking. He doesn't have a lot of hair. He wasn't a bald We know the Howards lose their hair. That's not a... Not at age seven. (laughs) You would not think. You know, Clint Howard has put up with a lot. Okay. So he switched his shirt. He's got a velour on, right? That's not the t-shirt. Am I right? You're right. He's changed clothes. He's going to the t-shirt in this scene. He's going to be wearing a t-shirt. Then he goes back to the velour. All right. I'm waiting for it now. This is all right. This is all taking place. Eyes open, everyone. Just for for plot purposes, they've been given like 10 minutes or something like that, right? Yeah, uh-huh. He's going to blow him up. And, to surrender and, or what? No, not even surrender. Just to make peace with their maker. It's, he's just going to blow him up. Oh, he doesn't even want anything from there's him? No, there's no negotiation. He doesn't want any. He's just going to blow him up. Yep. Okay. He's not giving them, if you don't do this, if you, you, we'll blow you up. It's just, I'm going to blow you up. Oh, he's making his goodbye speech to the crew? Well, he's trying to, he's trying to negotiate with them. Buck him up. Yeah, yeah. Not calling it quits yet. He's saying, I'm sure I can get through to this person. Don't worry about it. Because everyone on board the ship has heard uh-huh. him tell them. Have we seen Why don't the- they just fly away? Are they in some sort of tractor beam situation or what? Well, their ship's sort of broken down, right? Oh, it's still they haven't fixed that yet. They, they can't really get away. They have no right. engines and no uh, weapons either, yeah. Okay. Come on, Bailey. Come like, on, Bailey. Get your shit together. So Sulu just takes Sulu's charge. Sulu's like, fuck this. I'll do it. When's Chekhov show up, Captain? Yeah. We, yeah. Get me a navigator. <laughs> I can do some shit around here. Yeah. I got to do both look, jobs. Look, look, look who's wearing. Oh, yeah. That's a, that's a, that's a shirt. That's a smock. That's, that's the doctor smock. I missed it. Oh, here he comes. <laughs> Puppet. Look at his eyes. I don't care what alien race it is. No, no, yeah. like, there, look, see? That's a different shirt, right, uh-huh, Matt? Uh-huh, Yeah, uh-huh. okay, and it changes back. It changes back to the velour later on in the scene. 
<laughs> Look at his eyes, the way they... I mean, no organic life form would move like that. Yeah. I don't care what race they are. You can, hear, you can see the, the... You can feel the hand on why the stick. Why didn't they just put somebody in makeup? Like, Well, why? it is an actual doll. Yeah. It no, is I a, know, but... Like, no, but in the episode, it's supposed to be a doll. No, I know. But and just have somebody like laying still, like yeah. when they go to the ship later, just to be a little more realistic. Yeah. Yeah, we've already seen like very lifelike androids, so why wouldn't it advance? See, it's back to the velour. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Thank you. Yep. I mean, come on, guys. That was, I have to admit, less exciting than I thought it was well, going to be. But I you're didn't say it was right. exciting. I just said it <laughs> happened. It's just the thing I noticed. I didn't say that he started blowing Kirk in the middle of the episode. <laughs> that would be exciting to see if that actually happened. I know. I said his shirt changed. He's cracking under the pressure. Yeah, completely. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. Totally unacceptable for Starfleet. Bones is like, let's go, son. Yeah, what else? Oh, what else did I research about this? Not, not much. Oh, what, do we know what was airing at the same time? Oh, as this episode. Well, let's look and see. I bet it's going to be F Truth and Bewitched. <laughs> Bewitched, and well, you know, there was that one time where we the 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 it was that one time when. Charlie Brown and Halloween. Halloween was on. Yeah. So you never know. Special shows might See, be on. Here's the thing about 60s TV. They ran the same shit it every week. It was consistent. It was consistent. Yes, there was. Well, they did. I mean, there's fucking 29 episodes of this show. In this season? Yeah. Wow. That's crazy. I mean, when you, I mean, even like taking aside the fact that so many shows now are 10 to 13 episodes a season. Okay. Right? Yeah. Even the network episodes shows don't get past 22. Right. You know? And oh, something different was oh. on this week. Oh. Yeah, front 13 and back nine. The time tunnel. The time tunnel. The time tunnel was on November 10th, 19... 66. The time tunnel. It was like, it was sort of like Quantum Leap. Huh. It was two guys and they went back in time. They didn't jump into people's bodies, but it was it a time travel time show. To fix shit. Yeah, to fix shit that had gone That was wrong. on ABC or CBS? That was on ABC. And then CBS was our old favorites, uh, My Three Sons and Bewitched. And Bewitched. And Batgirl. So, so Ted Cassidy in this episode was the voiceover for the puppet, but when he actually gets to the ship, you know, there's a voiceover for for Clint, Clint Howard, Howard as right. well, and that's a different Guy. voiceover actor. Yes, yeah. it is. That is who I, it's Walker Edmison, and it's really funny because there's a number of times where the Clint Howard sort of laughs. Yeah, and it's not you know the the the. Voiceover is so obvious, yeah, yeah, yeah. that it's not his. It's not you know, like synced up. Well the way, well, it's not even that it's. It's not that it's. I mean, it's pretty well synced up, but it's just the motions that his face are making would not make the sound of the laughter that is. You know what I mean? Like you can just sort of tell that 
he wouldn't if he was if what that person was doing what he was doing it wouldn't sound like that <laughs> i hear you yeah i mean it comes yeah it sounds like it's coming over a loudspeaker in the room yeah it looks like that it does Yes, yeah, so I don't know. Let's see. <laughs> the, has he pulled the carbamite maneuver yet? Not yet, I guess. Uh, I don't. Let's see that. how many ways we can say carbamite. <laughs> carbamite. <laughs> yeah, you're such a stickler. The carbonite. Yeah, well, you know. That's well, what, that's again, what... we know where what George Lucas was watching when he wrote the end of Empire Strikes Back. Yeah. <laughs> he just wrote it down wrong. He just yeah. wrote it down <laughs> wrong, man. <laughs> Kirk's gonna bluff. Yep. Here it is. We've got to the Corbomite maneuver. It says you blow my ship up, I blow your you, ship you know, up. Basically, blowing up my ship will blow up your ship yeah. because we've got it's mutually assured destruction. That's it. This is a Cold War metaphor. Balok represents the Soviet <laughs> Union. <laughs> yeah. Kirk represents. Uh, who was president in 66? Lyndon Johnson. Lyndon Johnson. There it is. Corbamite. It is a material and a device. <laughs> it is both material and device. Well, one would think most devices are made of a material, right? Much like the neural neuralizer. Yeah. One of those uh, salesman tactics. Oh, this guy knows what he's talking about. <laughs> it's like, here's this, here's this advanced race that's like, it's not an advanced race. It's a dude. <laughs> advanced dude. Well, it's it, a dude it, on a ship. They've got to be a pretty advanced race if this small child by himself yeah. can, can like, yeah. be in charge of this entire ship. Yeah, it's the best humanity has to offer. That could destroy a Federation ship. Yeah. It's a ship that's you know what this is. You know what powerful. this all is? This is Kirk and Khan in Star Trek Two, where he's like... I'm bluffing, and he totally bluffs Khan out about... Right. Well, and the guy buys the bluff so easy. It's like, I can't believe that this ship that is basically holding them hostage and can destroy them on a whim... He's all proud of himself. ...doesn't have some kind of sensor ray that would show that there's no fucking thing called Corbomite. Yeah. You'd think they would... Scanners would they would be able to figure this out. That's right. He says, like, in the course of you taking all our computer records, this is an undocumented feature. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we, we don't. We don't talk about it. We, we didn't write this part. The down. first thing, the f- first rule of Corbomite maneuver is you don't talk about Corbomite maneuver. The Corbomite maneuver. Yeah, I mean, in, in the end. It's also not clear, like, would he have actually destroyed them if they had just done nothing? Yeah, yeah. Well, like, no, well, doesn't he it, say at the end that it was all a bluff? Well, it's like, I've it, just seen how you would react. Yeah, so that like, was like, yeah. So it, He was it, bluffing, too. Everybody's bluffing in yeah. this episode. So really, Much like the Cold War. They, Everyone was bluffing. Yeah, there you go. We're back. To, oh, and Lieutenant Sad. And this guy is back. like France or something. They can't. <laughs> they're like, can't. <laughs> I'm trying to make. I'm trying to create a gigantic geopolitical metaphor out of this but episode. I'm trying to think what France's role in the Cold War. Well, I was mostly was just thinking. Sorry. I literally went back to World War II and was doing a whole like cowardly 
Surrender okay, monkeys but, type thing. <laughs> but actually, his whole thing is I want to shoot first and ask questions later. So he's not really France. He's no. more like Germany. He's like West Berlin. <laughs> We're sort of mixing <laughs> metaphors because we went from a Cold War metaphor to a World War II. I've been II watching metaphor. the Vietnam document. Uh, oh, my God. Have you been watching uh, that at all? Uh, it is amazing. Yeah. It is amazing. It's hard. I would guess. It, it's it would hard, hard to watch, watch yeah. but it's amazing. Like. Because each episode is 90 minutes long. So you watch one episode and you're like, I'm done. I can't take sure. it. And they showed them one right after the other, oh. like on on PBS. on individual, not like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Like every yeah. night was a new one. And there was like nine of them. So wow. it's like 18 hours long. But it's just there. It's unbelievably good. But it's so like Hard. it's so much to take in that you just have to watch one episode and then like. Now I need to watch an episode of The Good Place or something because I can't take any more yeah, of this yeah, Vietnam yeah, yeah, War yeah. stuff. But uh, that's why my metaphors are getting mixed because I just watched the one where they explained the origins of the war and it was all World War II and Korea sure, and you sure. know all yeah, this yeah. stuff that had happened before played into it. So that's why I got. That's why I called that guy France. Is long story short, he's not France. <laughs> I apologize place. for my failed metaphor. That's okay. The Good Place is great, though. The Good Place is amazing. They, they just had an amazing second episode. Oh, too. my God. That's a great show. Talk about they just completely break all semblance of... Not not that they had formula before. It was very serial first season, but they just, like... Blew the whole show blew up. Blew the whole show up. And yeah, it's, it's fantastic. Great. Yeah. Look at Sulu. Oh, these fuckers. I should be in charge. <laughs> I think every time you see Sulu, if you imagine that in his head he's saying, he's like, "I should be, I am so much I should be, better than this." Shatner I should be fuck. running this shit. I mean, he, he should be, you know, swashbuckling. Yeah. <laughs> Why am I not fencing right now? He has the spirit of a swashbuckler. Oh, <laughs> uh, the return of the puppet. <laughs> the puppet is back. I have graced you. Now the my other presence. question is. Why is the screen sort of waving? Right. Yeah. To disguise the fact that it's a puppet. Is, the is, is that their screen that's doing this? Is it some interference that the, the people that are projecting it are doing it? And the other thing I don't understand about that screen is it's sometimes treated like a window. Right. And like, it seems, I mean, it's obviously it's not a window. I understand it, but they, they, they very rarely use the fact that they can force perspective within the frame of that of that screen, right? Yeah, well. They, oh, look. Oh, Yeoman Rand. She's like, oh, here I am with the coffee. Here, coffee time. Who ordered coffee? <laughs> right. Somebody ordered some coffee. Right, right, right. They treat it as a window, not as a camera. Somebody she, pushed. Somebody pushed said, the coffee button. She said. There's no power. How did you bring coffee? She said, "I, I used, used the phaser to warm it yeah, up." Yeah, I used the phaser and zap. And 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 I'm thinking. So in the time where everyone is worried about yeah, yeah, we're imminent the, death. the death of of you know she's got a job to do. Damn it! Got, Her job is to bring coffee. She, God damn it! She and she's going to do it. Continued with the job, but. Went out of her way to innovate a means to get the yeah, job done when a, the regular means were not available to she, her. She's resourceful. She got nerves of fucking. I'm steel. resourceful, and I have nerves of steel. She, she <laughs> should be the navigator. My job is to bring coffee. She she has done a much better job. At she's a much her better yeoman than that guy is a navigator. Way better. He cracks under the first moment. Yeah. She's still doing her job. That coffee's gonna be hot, and I don't care what I have to do. 
<laughs> I'll shove it into the warp core for uh, a minute. Uhura is pretty glistening right there. She's just like, I have to do like everything that I do, get coffee while we're in the imminent threat of death, and be a woman at the same time. And I have to also be a woman. Bring on the challenges. <laughs> Women have to do everything twice as hard. And backwards and in heels. Yeah, there's no way it looked that good. So now they're the the so I don't understand what happened with there was this large circular thing. Yep. And then this thing sort of broke off from it and uh -huh. is now dragging them. Yes. But why well, did it break off? What does that other thing do that it needs to be there? That this thing can just sort of break off and take it away. And does that other big cube circle sphere thing just sort of hang out there now until it gets back? Yes. Where are they going? <laughs> I don't know. Well, yeah, I have no idea. It's dragging them somewhere. It says it's dragging them somewhere for them to be destroyed in a safe way. That isn't a threat to the big ship. Oh, that's, oh, that's why is they that do. what it's doing? Okay, it's I like, didn't understand. That's that. why, because like, okay, you have Corbomite, I can't risk the ship. I can't risk my Corbomite. So I'm going to take this small ship and I'm going to drag you over here, blow you up there, yeah. and my big ship will be fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotcha. But they sort of get out of it by using their engines, which I thought weren't working. Don't yeah. they sort of like? Reverse engines. Yeah, they they fix they fix them, I guess. So they've got them. Well, they've been getting. They've got enough along. power in their engines yeah. now to sort of pull away if they've, they've been fixing things. Yeah. And yeah, and you were right about this mostly being a bridge episode. Uh, it is. It, other than there's a couple of there's a scene where Kirk is doing his calisthenics leg lunges. <laughs> Um, and then there's the one where I love that they make that a plot point. Like he does his leg lunges and then he has to eat a salad because yes. he's too fat. The 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 other scene McCoy is where fat shames in that Captain guy's Kirk. in Kirk's where he's drinking and eats salad, and then everything else is on the bridge. Yeah. I could go for a salad right now. <laughs> <laughs> I could eat a salad. Yeah, well, it looked good compared to what the food on this show, show usually looks like. I could like. go for a chicken Caesar salad. Yeah, if your choice is salad or gelatinous cubes, you would think you'd more go, people you'd, would choose salad. You'd, you'd go salad almost every time. And where did the salad come from? Do know. they just have vegetables <laughs> that grow live on the ship? They got handed to them by that hand plant. <laughs> that's where they're all at yeah they, they just poop salad all day <laughs> you feed it lithium crystals just tiny bits and it gives you salad yeah on the new Star Trek it is a window I mean like in the new like in the movies like it's a yeah full like it's a, a window window right is it always a, is it yeah. window on sometimes? Like in the new movies, it's a window. Like it's a window that they can project turn into screen, a screen. Right, right, right. Yes. Okay. But it's a window because they show it like, like they'll they'll get shot and they'll show it like cracks cracking in it, and you're supposed to think, oh no, they're gonna get launched into space or whatever. Uh. 
Which seems dumb. Like, why would why you put would you a giant fucking window on the yeah, front of would, your that seems spaceship? Like, <laughs> that seems like like an engineering when, flaw. When you could do what they did, why would they go from this to that? <laughs> right. Yeah, it seems like it's like a backwards. Seems like a backwards step. Glass technology improves vastly. It's yeah, it's tougher than metal. It's even better than metal. Yeah. Well, they have the. I guess maybe they don't have it at this point in time. The, the what is it clear aluminum yeah, whatever transparent transparent aluminum, aluminum right. they made that shit up in star trek in yeah. the in the so although the expanded universe star wars books have their own version of that too it's called transparasteel <laughs> nice so, that's great so glass transparasteel <laughs> so really hard glass really, glass. really hard glass super Man. hard and glass you guys. Have windows on spaceships yay that's why you can have windows on spaceships. Super hard glass. Yeah, so they're, they're, they, they use the engines to sort of create stress on the ship. They're trying to, to sort burst of free. shear themselves away from it. Right, yeah. And in doing so, they not only are able to escape, but they also shut it down. Okay, so this scene goes on for forever. <laughs> no. ah, so, there's some there's some good space acting like uh, uh, kirk is dr- uh, they're creating dramatic tension by like listing off the temperature as it climbs and climbs it's and getting climbs. hotter and hotter in here and then he just stops we've got some dutch <laughs> angles so that you know he, it's really he just stops reading off and we keep going with the scene for another like a minute with like so what happened to the temperature oh <laughs> they made it oh yeah good job guys good job everybody no no you can stop <laughs> that was a nice where they all flew back in there. <laughs> all right. On the count of three, all of you at the same time, well, jump backwards in your chair. Scotty's always bitching. The engines need work. Yeah. The, the discipline, the deck discipline they have on this bridge is not... Just like people come and going. People just come and go. Yeah. As they you have an intercom, Scotty. Use it. I, I didn't bring it up. I think I missed it in the last episode. But they. Why are you up here, Scotty? They literally post a, a guard at the lift, and the doctor overpowers him and like holds the bridge oh, yeah. hostage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This when he first ar- comes this armed guard who is like specifically there to protect the bridge is not able to successfully repel the easiest possible situation that he's there for. Security which is, is famous. One, one, one armed, one armed guy. From the elevator. <laughs> An old man. Yeah. No less. Coming through a single entrance yeah. that all he has to do is watch that entrance. Yeah. Instead so he, there faces be away, no, he faces away from the... There should be no surprise attack. Yeah. Like the only thing that they could be coming from is that one door. Yeah. I think Bailey must have been promoted from like the security team, just you know, <laughs> for safety reasons. The security reasons. is notoriously it's bad terrible. on this ship. Well, that's why they die all the time. That's right. <laughs> yeah. So in 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 a very Star Trekian moment, they've broken away from the ship, but at the same time they've dismantled it. Yeah. So Kirk, instead of like an intelligent person, just. Hauls the fuck out of there after this thing is, is basically said they were going to destroy it for the last hour. Goes, let's go closer and see what's in there. Let's go check it out. Let's try to help him. And I'm going to drag you along. One Scaredy who is cat. so scared of other things. And I'm going to make you confront that. Yeah. 
So they're wrapping this up. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Leave over there and see the kid, and that's the end. That's basically it. Yes, they're about to hop on over. Yeah, Bailey so had not a total of bow bottle episode. They have to beam over to this planet. Well, no. <laughs> let me let me strap on my <laughs> let me let me just tie on my service apron here. Can I get you a drink? <laughs> what is he wearing? They tie those gold things around. Uh, those are supposed like to be belt? like their holsters, yeah. utility belts to put your phaser and your in your communicator in. <laughs> they have to bend low to fit. Oh, that's right. <laughs> That's right, because it's a the, there's not much space in there. Uh, funny. It's like the entering the Hobbit lair. Right. Yes. Hobbit house. Yeah. He Bailey's already had his emotional growth limit when he sheepishly returns to the yeah. deck. Right. Right. <laughs> like, he proved he, he was. He came back. He proved he was able to get the job done. Hobbit. Oh, there it is. Uh-huh. Ah, oh, it was a puppet the whole time. Oh, my God. <laughs> Impossible. And what's really crazy is you would think in a world in which they come from a history where the Wizard of Oz exists. Do they? Oh, uh, yeah, they have. Yeah, I mean, they reference stuff that happened in real world. Yeah. They talk about Shakespeare all the time. Look at, you and, know what? Clint, Clint Howard. <laughs> not a good-looking child. The, I mean, no offense. The teeth never change. That, that guy's been ugly since yeah, day one. Not, not I guess the orthodontics opportunities are not the same as they are now. You suppose they were like, well, we couldn't get Ron Howard. They used his brother. <laughs> I think that was it. We couldn't get the adorable Here one. Here's the line that the, the this tang on a TV tray comes out of the wall. Yes, Tanya. Tanya. That's it. I hope you relish it as much as I. Yeah, that's like trying to create a last tense moment. Like, ooh, is he gonna do something is sneaky? Poisoning then? But it's weird. Like, I don't under. I mean, his acting work must have been. Horrible coming out of his mouth. Because it's they, not his voice. No, they use a voiceover to do oh, okay. the, to do the voice. And they must have done that to make it seem alien, right? Yeah, I can't tell. I, I don't know. I mean, it's because he's not actually supposed to be a little kid. He's supposed to be something an adult, right? Timeless but that's just what he looks. Right. Yeah. He's just small and looks. That's why he's got. That, that's the whole Wizard of Oz aspect of it. I, I mean, I would say his visual performance seems pretty capable. I, I mean, I right, but. My point being that he looks like a creepy alien for sure. Does it matter what his voice sounds like? It's not like they added a voice and it was like, "My name is Balak." Yeah, you know, like something that clearly they were trying to make it sound like a voice that would come from a small child. Right. Why not just use his voice if it doesn't really matter? I mean, it is pretty deep, though, isn't it? I mean, it, it wasn't. It's a. It's an adult it's person an, doing a voice, but they're clearly trying to make it sound like it's coming from a body a like that, small, a small child, child body, yeah. Because it's high pitched. Yeah, yeah, it is shrill. Conversation, yeah. So, and the eyebrow game is on point too. <laughs> yeah, that's some best. 
Oh, so Bailey just decides to stick around. Yes. Yeah. Yes. yeah. Like, I, nothing appeals to me more than abandoning my life and winding up with a seven-year-old alien. Clearly, I chose the wrong career path. I'm a terrible navigator. Yeah, sure. I, I need a new job. I need to hang out with this kid thing. And Kirk's fine. He's like, yeah, why don't you just stay here for a while? With the seven-year-old. And the reason why he says, he says, I'm definitely not Earth's best. <laughs> yeah. Then, yeah, you'll, yeah, it's and, like an opportunity to learn from our fa- our says, feelings. Well, then you'll learn more about us by not having Earth's by best. Having this dude. Yes, and, and the last, very last scene beat is like, well, let me show you around my ship. And I was like, oh, what a great idea, except there's not really enough ship to show. <laughs> so, very slowly. Around this, like, unnecessary, like, you could have just left the goddamn seat. Yeah, here's where you can see, this is where the they PA... <laughs> this is where the PA puts the tang through the wall. <laughs> so, there we go. Aye. That was... That one was not great. No, it's got an 8.2. 8 point two is not right. That is high. It was not. It was that not is, an eight. It was I, not an eight point two. It's like the same way when we talked about the high ranking of the pilot. The yeah episode yeah. three. It's generous. It's, I, I think it's people nostalgia. remember them. People remember them as being better than they are. Yeah, this and episode, they're judging and they're putting their grades in without actually watching, watching them again. Yeah, this episode got the Clint Howard bump. Yeah, hey, well, people remember it because of that. Huge Clint-powered fan base out there. I mean, some of the it's like the 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 sort of uh, reviews mm. of it on IMDb. Weird-faced snaggletooths have to have someone to like, love too, and, <laughs> and they love Clint Howard. He's huge in that uh, demo. Uh, he is huge in that demo a 10 star review <laughs> others have already praised this episode for its unique camera angles and other technical aspects uh. but there are also script elements that elevate this episode above others in the series like what no uh, the, the username for that's that, not right is that is snaggletooth lover yeah snaggletooth how <laughs> c howard not r howard <laughs> i mean yeah anyways uh Unless anybody has anything else. Team like hashtag Team Clint. Right. <laughs> the use of Clint Howard was. Clint Howard gives an inspired performance <laughs> for Snaggletooths everywhere. Yeah, I enjoyed the dagger of the mind. The dagger of the mind more, but looking forward to the menagerie. I, yeah, I, I feel like after the menagerie, the show really starts to, to get its stride a bit better. The episodes get better. Stay tuned yes. till next week. Hopefully we'll be back. You'll find out. Uh, so unless anybody has anything to add, uh, this has been Sean Mason. I'm Matt Bibb. And I'm Jacob. Thanks for listening. Bye.